Hello and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand the biochemistry of their body. I am your host, I am Shemaine Linney, I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, biohacker and certified iridologist and I'm very happy to have you back here for part two of kidney damage. So before we go on, I must remind you that the information in these podcasts is for informational purposes only and not to be taken for medical advice. Please do consult your healthcare practitioner before you make any lifestyle changes. Okay, so in this part of kidney damage part two, um, we're going to look a little bit more in depth at the aspects of kidney damage. Now last week we looked at how the kidneys work and what we could do to maybe prevent kidney damage. But if you already have kidney damage or kidney disease, what is that and what are some of the associated symptoms and risks involved in that so last week we saw that the kidneys are a pair of fist size organs located at the bottom of the rib cage on each side of the spine uh, they're essential for filtering all of the blood in our body goes through the kidneys every 30 minutes they help us remove toxins excess water and other impurities out of the blood they also help us regulate ph salt potassium other minerals um, and they help with good bone health and red blood cell production. So then we look at kidney disease. We saw that it affects approximately 26 million American adults. Even if you're in Canada, it still gives you an idea or anywhere else in the world, it still gives you an idea of what percentage of people is being affected. And it occurs when your kidneys become damaged and can't perform the way we would like them to. Um, we saw that some of the associated risks with kidney disease is going to be insulin resistance, diabetes, high blood pressure, and some other chronic conditions. Now, if the disease gets worse over time, your kidneys will stop working and you may need to go on dialysis and dialysis is where a machine filters and purifies your blood. Now, what types of kidney disease are there? So we've got chronic kidney disease. The most common form of kidney disease is this. It's chronic kidney disease. And it's a long-term condition that really doesn't improve over time. And it's commonly caused by high blood pressure. And high blood pressure, as we know, is associated with inflammation. So maybe just jot that down somewhere. High blood pressure is dangerous for the kidneys because it can increase the pressure on the glomeruli. Glomeruli are the tiny blood vessels in the kidneys where blood is cleaned. Over time, the increased pressure damages these vessels and kidney function begins to decline. And then eventually kidney function starts to deteriorate to the point where the kidneys can no longer perform the jobs they're supposed to do. And this is where we would see someone go on dialysis. And this dialysis again is where we have a machine. So it's a mechanical kidney that is going to basically filter your fluids and waste out of your blood. Um, 
Again, dialysis can prolong life, but when we look at quality of life, that is still to be debated. Um, dialysis can't cure kidney disease, but one could get a kidney transplant and that could be another option for this chronic kidney disease. So kidney transplants are an option. Um, Diabetes, like we saw last week, is also a major cause of chronic kidney disease and that's due to the increased level of sugar in the blood which damages the blood vessels in the kidney over time. It causes ages so that oxidative stress or end so the end glycation products Um, and this means that the kidneys when they've been damaged like that they can't clean the blood properly and kidney failure can occur when your body of course becomes overloaded with toxins but not just kidney failure uh, lots of other organs and systems can suffer too and we start to see everything start to kind of go a bit haywire and not work the way it's supposed to work so after the chronic kidney disease you could see kidney stones. So kidney stones are another common kidney problem. And they occur when minerals and other substances in the blood start to crystallize in the kidneys. And they form solid masses or crystals or stones. Kidney stones usually come out of the body during urination or when you pee. Um, but that also depends on the size they are. If a kidney stone is too big to be passed, then one may need medication or even surgery to help it get out of the body. And passing kidney stones can be quite painful um, because if you think of kidney stones, if you think of them as maybe crystals, um, that's where the blood the toxins and minerals have crystallized in the kidneys they can be sharp and they can be jagged and they can be painful as you're trying to pass them through the bladder kind of like shards of glass um so not the most enjoyable thing to happen but then the next would be and this is a mouthful glomerulonephritis and glomerulonephritis Eulonephritis is an inflammation of the glomeruli and glomeruli are extremely small structures inside the kidneys that filter the blood. Um, So this can be caused by infections, drugs, congenital abnormalities, um, so disorders that occur during or shortly after birth, that would be congenital abnormalities and it's they can be quite common um, and something like this can often get better on its own but again we want to look at lifestyle factors and make sure that we're supporting the body um, and making sure there's not too much inflammation or toxins going through these glomeruli next will be polycystic kidney disease and this is a genetic disorder that causes cysts to grow in the kidneys and you can get anywhere from a few cysts to a lot of cysts and these cysts can interfere with kidney function and cause kidney failure kidney cysts are generally common and almost always harmless but when we look at polycystic kidney disease that is 
separate that's a different condition and that can be more serious so that's not just your generic I have a few cysts in my kidney this is where you've been diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease and that is more serious and then another really common one like really really common is a UTI so urinary tract infections and these are bacterial infections um, that can happen in any part of the urinary system so infections in the bladder and the urethra are the most common um, and they're easily treatable by both pharmaceutical um, medications and natural medications and rarely lead to more health problems but if untreated properly these infections can spread to the kidneys and cause kidney failure so although urinary tract infections are very very common we don't want to take them lightly we still want to remember that hey if this is not taken care of then it could get a little bit more serious so what are the symptoms of kidney disease and because some of these symptoms are so common they can go unnoticed but as well when I list these symptoms I don't want you to panic and think that you're dying of kidney failure. So these symptoms they can be early warning signs that there might be kidney issues but they also can be symptoms of other health concerns so if you're experiencing these symptoms and you're very worried about them then it's time to go to your doctor or your family gp so fatigue difficulty concentrating trouble sleeping poor appetite muscle cramping swollen feet and ankles puffiness around the eyes in the morning dry scaly skin frequent urination especially at night and you'll see a lot of those you'll be like oh my god I have all of these but a lot of those can be associated with other health conditions too so you don't want to jump the gun there are some more severe symptoms that can be clearer indicators that hey there may be something going on here so they would be nausea vomiting loss of appetite changes in urine output so that could be changes in the color and more frequent urination fluid retention so, um, a decrease in red blood cells or what we would call anemia decreased sex drive sudden rise in potassium levels which is called hyperkalemia uh, inflammation of the pericardium which is a fluid filled sac that covers the heart and again some of those you'll be saying hey I have these look if you're really concerned and you're taking a lot of these boxes then you might go to your doctor and they can run um, a simple blood panel or take a look so last week we looked at some of the preventative measures to kidney damage and they can then kind of be correlated with well hey these could possibly cause kidney damage but there are other risk factors for developing kidney disease um I mentioned last week that 80% of people with diabetes 
end up getting kidney transplants. Um, diabetes is a leading cause of disease, um, accounting for 44% of new cases. And we saw last week that that is that high blood sugar level. Um, other risk factors, again, are high blood pressure. Um, if other family members have chronic kidney disease, then you can be at higher risk if you're elderly. Or if you are of African, Hispanic, Asian or American Indian descent, we see that those people uh, tend to have higher rates of kidney issues. So if you're concerned that kidney disease might be a problem for you or you're panicking, don't panic, let's get tested. So your doctor can determine whether you belong in any of the high-risk groups for a start and then they can also run some tests to see if your kidneys are functioning properly. So we've got the GFR and that is the glomerular filtration rate and this test measures how well your kidneys are working and determines the stage of kidney disease if any is present. You can also get a CT or an ultrasound done um, and this can give clear images of your kidneys and your urinary tract and these pictures will allow your doctor to see if your kidneys are enlarged or if they are too small. Um, these can also show if there's any tumors or structural problems that may be present so you may be able to also see those cysts that we're talking about. Then we get a little bit more unpleasant with a kidney biopsy and this would only be done if your doctor thought there was something serious going on and this is where your doctor would remove a small piece of tissue from your kidneys while you're sedated and then they will test this sample and um, let you know if there's any issues correlated to that tissue sample. Um, and then an easier one, which would be more preferred by most of us because it's super easy, unless you're like me and that's the urine test. And every single time for years that I have had to do a urine test, I pee on my hand every single time. Like it, it just happens. Anyway, so a urine test, your doctor can request a sample of urine and they'll test it for albumin. Albumin is a protein that can be passed into your urine when your kidneys are damaged. So they'll test levels of albumin. Um, and then there's a blood creatinine test. So creatinine is a waste product and it's released into the blood when creatine, a molecule stored in muscle, is broken down. And the levels of creatinine in your blood will increase if your kidneys aren't working properly. But there is a small caveat here. If you are a heavy exerciser, if you eat a lot of red meat, if you supplement with creatine, they can have an impact on your creatinine levels. And even if you do eat a lot of red meat, for, for instance, it's usually advised that people that have kidney disease stop eating as much red meat. But just because you eat a lot of red meat and you have 
higher levels of creatinine doesn't mean that you're ill. You could have absolutely nothing wrong with you. It's just the fact that you eat a lot of red meat that's making your creatine look higher. So that's where testing is important. And do tell your doctor. I always tell my doctor, hey, I've just changed so or I've just trained so my liver enzymes might look elevated on a blood panel or hey, I also supplement with creatine so you may see that impact my blood panel. Okay, so we saw last week preventative measures that can help with kidney disease. But then if you already have kidney disease, what are you going to do? How are you going to treat that? Well, there's drugs and medications which your doctor can prescribe, of course. Then there's the dietary and lifestyle changes. We looked at controlling blood sugars last week. Maybe we'd want to watch the salt. We want to keep an eye on really clean water. We want to watch our um, inflammation, our blood pressure. We may want to look at foods that are high in cholesterol because for some people, they can have a negative impact and cause further inflammation. Want to make sure that we're getting lots of physical activity, especially walking to help with blood circulation and flow if you're overweight it's very advisable to lose weight and bring your body mass back down to a normal range for even your height and your age Um, so that's something that your health professional would help you with then of course on the extreme end we've got the dialysis as well Um, and that's the artificial method of filtering your blood it's not very pleasant it's in my opinion it's not a way to live so if you could possibly avoid something like this and start implementing preventative measures now that would be better in my opinion than settling for dialysis of course there's people that absolutely need dialysis so I'm not saying if your doctor recommends dialysis you say no Shemaine said not to do this I'll just do these other lifestyle factors no I'm talking like if there was a concern for kidney disease or kidney damage then I would start implementing the preventative measures straight away okay so what are the long-term outlook for someone with kidney disease um generally kidney disease does not go away once it's been diagnosed um the best way to maintain kidney health is of course to adopt a healthy lifestyle and take your doctor's advice um practice the preventative measures that i addressed in episode one of this and even though they're preventative, they can still aid you in overall health and support the kidneys. Um, it, in my opinion, the goal would be to not allow kidney disease to get worse, um, which of course could lead to kidney failure, which is life-threatening if untreated. If kidney failure occurs, um, that's when you start to look at dialysis and kidney transplants. So I would start addressing 
everything else that I've looked at. Look at your weight, look at your insulin resistance, look at blood pressure, inflammation. How often do I go for walks or exercise? What does my nutrition look like? What's my stress like? My exposure to heavy metals and herbicides and fungicides? Uh, do I air my house? All that. And all of that is pretty doable and most of it is free as well. So there's a lot of tools between these two podcasts. So kidney damage part one and kidney damage part two. Listen to them again. Take some notes if you have any concern about kidney damage. Then go to your doctor, ask for testing. And then once you get an answer, you can go from there. But of course, I hope that nobody has any kidney issues and you get nothing but positive results. So I hope you found this second part of kidney damage super helpful if you haven't listened to part one do go back and listen again please share with anyone you feel may benefit from these podcasts and help us reach the masses when people can understand how their body systems work a lot better it allows them to make the changes and then we can make the world a little bit healthier one person at a time So thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe and I'll chat to you again soon. Bye-bye.